Good morning to you, Jess. Morning, morning. The familiar New Zealand accent coming through. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it'll be strong. <laughs> so we, we, uh, we've just had um, Nat Cleghorn on, who's from well and truly from South Australia, and, and there's there's mm-hmm. definitely something you can pick up in a South Australian accent. Certainly, the more regional <laughs> you are, the the more. And I suppose that's the same in New Zealand, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely, you can. <laughs> more south, more, more accent. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> more R's. <laughs> well, is there a is there a, a difference between the North Island and the South Island accent too? Is there some a bit of that going on in New Zealand? Or is it too small for that? Um, sort of down Southland way, they're known for rolling their R's. Oh, um, but other other than that, no, I I wouldn't pick up where someone's from. You know, North or South Island, really. Yeah. Um, now, the voice you just heard is is Richard Damani, Richo, who you can't see on the screen. Um, Hi. <laughs> How are you? Um, so that would have been a bit weird. Where's but, this I, but, I have, but I have been to Blenheim. And, uh, oh, have you? Well, cool. I have, yes. Yeah. So I used to be the brand ambassador for a couple of wineries there in Europe. So I used to travel across oh, there nice. a little bit. So that was yep. um, Stonely and Brancott. So I know, um, yep. well, Pat quite well and Jamie and all that sort of crew. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm really passionate about the wines from Marlborough, actually, because a lot of people still kind of just lump them all in together, and it's just not like that, is it? No, no, it's definitely not. It's um, there's so much more than you know Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc going on, that's for sure. Well, and I think we just we seem to not get that much over here. That's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're starting like, to get like Novum. Those wines are like small. They look very European. They're like very good. And the mm-hmm. Smith and Sheth stuff, and of course, well, Whitehaven. Mm. That's why we're here. Aren't yeah. We? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're certainly trying to grow our presence, that's for sure. Um, and Jess, you're you're a viticulturalist, um, mm-hmm. and uh, that must be a difficult one to say late on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and people can't spell it either. So, yeah, so you, you know, just go viti. Just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Vitti. It's, it's the easiest. I get the grapes to the winery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but they say that the most of the work's done in the vineyard, right? Um, it just it's coming through more and more as we talk with with winemakers um, from all over, and it's you know they're they're paying you know um, tribute to the to the work that you guys do out in the field, and um, yeah, because you know you can't make. Can't make a good wine out of bad grapes, but you can make no, a no, bad you, wine you from can't. good ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. In a good year, the winemakers shouldn't have you know too much to do. Those grapes should be just expressing where they've come from, and it it should be easy on their behalf if we've done our job and the weather gods have all yeah. aligned. Yes, and that is the one bit you can't quite control, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so tell us a little bit about your journey. You've um, obviously you graduated, then you got a grad job, um, and now you're mm-hmm. um, viticulturalist, the main viticulturalist. Is that right at yes, Whitehaven? Yes, I am. Yeah, um, yeah. My journey was a bit of an odd one. I mean, I got into viticulture by chance. To be honest, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I left school. So I, you know, saw the winemaking viticulture degree and thought, oh, you know, bit of science, bit of outdoors, I'll, I'll give that a go, thinking I'd be a winemaker, not a viticulturalist. Um, I'd never actually drunk wine when I went to uni, so it was quite a learning curve. <laughs> Won't lie, I hated it the first class I went to. Um, but, yeah, no, I just, my sort of summer holidays were working in vineyards and I just sort of fell in love with vineyards, really. Um 
So that that was why I ended up going to Adelaide Uni to look at look at trunk disease because that was just it was such an awesome opportunity and it was yeah the vines that that's what I just became really interested in. Mm. So um, and then yeah from there I've just sort of come back to Marlborough and you know plotted away, learnt and um, moved my my way up. So what what is vine disease? So um, I was looking at trunk disease. Trunk so, disease so 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 dieback mainly. Uh-huh. Um, so so not, not phylloxera related particularly. No, no, it, it's a they're, they're fungus that get into like pruning wounds. Oh yeah, and then it causes you know over years and years the vine to slowly die back and um, eventually it essentially dies of lack of water really because it blocks up all the the vessels in mm-hmm. the trunk. Um, it's yeah, the, the Australians. I'll give you guys this. You've been a bit more ahead of the game. <laughs> it, it's it's something in Marlborough that um, we're we're really starting to see the effects of it now. You you can drive along and see vines dying from it. Just you know, driving past at a hundred k. So it's um you can't you know cure it, but um we can certainly do a lot to prevent it getting in in the first place. Right, so once once the vine has trunk disease, it, it you can't get you can't fix it. Nah. There's no solution. No, that so. that's it. I mean, you can keep them, you know, happy with you know water and nutrition, but um, eventually it will. It just slowly slowly kills them, really. Wow. And it sort of happens after a certain amount of time, doesn't it? So I know that. A guy called David Blouse in the Adelaide Hills was taking me through his vineyards and showing mm. us all that sort of stuff. But, yeah. you know, I guess, yeah, Marlborough is, what, 50-odd years old now in terms of most of the vines? There's yeah, nothing... I think we're just coming up on our sort of 50-year anniversary. <laughs> yeah, so that would be that'd be about right. But, you know, when, yes. it, when it comes to Marlborough, and I just wanted to – because you, you're from Blenheim, right? So – not originally, not originally, but uh, I call it home now, definitely, okay. yeah. But it's, as I said, like we sort of just say Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc, but, you know, <laughs> there are three definite sort of sub-regions and within those, like Southern Valleys, there's Omaka and all those different sub, oh, sub-regions, yes. Yes. right? So yeah. just talk us through because it's kind of split by the highway, isn't it? And you've got the Wairau and then you've got, what are the other two places you, you're looking at? Oh, I, I split it down quite a lot, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you, you really can see the differences. But, yeah, we've got the main Wairau Valley, which is where, you know, the Blenheim Township is. Yes. If you go over the hills to the south, you've got the Aotearoa Valley. Yeah. Um, which, you know, again, is so, so different. Um, but then, yes, within the Wairau, there would be, yeah, the Southern Valley stands out. Lower Wairau itself stands out. That's a very different area. Um, and we're just stretching further and further inland as well. So that's, right. I mean, there's a lot of learning that goes on with that. It, it's it's almost a different sort of climate, you know. It's really frosty. It's really hot in summer. And, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're expanding, <laughs> definitely expanding. But and learning. A, you can't really expand anywhere other than, I suppose, sort of westish, can you? Because it's this, yeah. you know, it, it just explain to the listeners a little bit what how how – you know, because there's not a lot of land left, is there? It's all... It's no, all, no, no, no. We are yeah. running out rapidly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, no, people are certainly going to the west, but, yeah, like I say, that comes with the risk of frost, shorter growing season. Can't really go any further north. It gets quite sort of wet and swampy into those valleys. Mm. Um, there, there'd be a little bit further south still available to develop but um no we're, we are definitely reaching out our limit of land that's for sure mm. um 
What are you finding as far as um, varietals? What obviously Sav Blanc um, and uh, Syrah. Um, is that right? So what else, what else are you? Um, what um, else does well there? Well, I mean, for us, it would be, of course, the Sav. That that's why we're all here. But um, our Pinot Noir. Um, I think there's a lot of Pinot Noirs from Marlborough that can, you know, rival, you know, your Central Otagos. Um, Chardonnays, Pinot Gris. There, there is quite a fruit salad of varieties here. They probably mm. just don't get the attention that the Sav does. But I'd say our Pinot Noir is getting there in terms yeah. of um, popularity, for sure. People are realising that we can produce good Pinot Noir, um, you know, like Central, like Martinborough. Um and yeah, people are getting. We're we're going to plant a little bit of Syrah. That's something we haven't played with yet, but mm-hmm. we're we are going to put it in and have have a look at how it goes. So, yeah, yeah, no, there's um, oh yeah, I'd say your Pinot Noir, Pinot Gris, and Chardonnay are kind of your next ones that most people are playing with. Um, it's interesting. Uh, we we get there was a decision made, I think, by by the New Zealand you know wine board or whatever export board, um, that. No matter whether it's a Pinot Grigio, see, we separate Pinot Grigio and Pinot Gris as, right. you know, two different styles. And as, mm. as you well know, they're off the same plant, right? So <laughs> yes, it's, a, yes. it's a picking decision, it's a winemaking decision. Mm. But everything comes over, whether it's in the Grigio or the Gris style from our terms, everything from New Zealand comes as Pinot Gris. Because I think yeah. they, they thought it sounded more premium. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, possibly. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm i trying to actually think of anyone in Marlborough who has Pinot Grigio on their label, and I, mm. I'm coming up pretty blank on that. Everyone, yeah, is marketing it as Pinot Gris. Yeah. yeah. So it's also, like, stylistically, I haven't had any really fruit-driven styles. It does have more of that textural style generally mm. coming from there. And I think, yeah. But I think that's smart, actually, uh, a smart mm. decision to make it easier for consumers stylistically to say, let's, <laughs> well, let's have this. Sort of, except that you can, you can you, like, if you're looking for a more, you know, like King Valley style, like a, the Italian, you know, crisper, you mm. know, crunchier kind of style, um, you, you don't know until... You know, you you try one, you know, by chance, mm-hmm. but because you just don't know what you're going to get, you can get them on with a fair degree of um, fruit sweetness. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and, and it's sort of difficult to know unless unless you've had it or you know, someone like yourself, Richo, at retail will say, well, this is going to be you know a good fit for you. You know, from what you've said, you know, dry or, or you know, showing more sweetness. I, I would have mm. thought um, just just with the climate down there. Stylistically, would be more suited to that style. Apart from Nelson, maybe where you get a bit more sunshine, where you could have a yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, so, definitely. And, I mean, that'd be the third. That'd be the third highest variety planted in Marlborough Pinot Gris. Um, yes, yeah, it would be. But but not not rivaling Sauvignon Blanc. I mean, that's still <laughs> you know twenty. Yeah, nothing's going to rival that. <laughs> no, but there are still some different styles of Sauvignon Blanc still coming across from the ditch too. So. Something mm. that springs to mind would be Dog Point Section ninety four or yep. uh, Cloudy Bay to Cocoa, something mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah. do you, do you feel that obfuscates like your work in the vineyard, or do you think it can enhance that? Oh, I think it enhances it. We actually have a so we have our our Whitehaven um, Sauvignon, but we actually have a 
Sauvignon that sits above that called the Greg, um, which is which is more of a New Zealand based, but that is a purely arbitrary uh, Sauvignon that we produce, and it quite often comes from East West Rose, and it's very different. And yeah. we we love putting that together because it's uh, it's such a different style and different expression. So um, I'm all for slightly different Sauvignons, um, and there's like you say, there's some really great ones out there. Oh, and so when you, you're talking about the Awatari Valley, what, how, how is the fruit different coming? How does it come off different from there? Can you explain it in layman's terms? You know, does it, how does, does it taste different? Does it look different? Does it feel different? It's certainly, once you get to, you know, your juice and wine stage, it's, it's quite a different expression. It's a lot more mineral over there. You get a lot more of that, like, tomato leaf, um, mm. some... Yeah, it's it's very different. You don't get that kind of sweaty tropical that you might get over in the Wairau Valley. It's a yeah, it's a it's a lot more. I don't want to say refined, but you know, it, it's more delicate, I guess, mm. and it's just got something very different to offer. Mm. Um, what what's happening um, in the the life of a viticulturalist? Um, <laughs> so we're in. Are we into pruning stage yet? Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah, de- definitely. We're, um, well, ourselves at Whitehaven, we're a fair way through. The last few winters have been quite wet, so we've made the decision to go early on um, yep. a few blocks just because um, we just we couldn't get into them last year. Um, though, I mean, hoping that we, we might be heading for a slightly drier season. But, um, yeah, just with a few flooding events and things the last few years, we've, we've had to go early. So... Um, yeah, majority of it's done, and then it's just um, the teams are just doing a lot of maintenance work, really trellis maintenance, um, pl- plotting through the winter, really, until it gets exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when does it typically um, start all coming out of hibernation for you guys? What sort of time of year? Oh, it was in what um, month? Our pinots and shards would be September, sort of yeah. partway through September, and then the, the salve really gets going in October, yeah. Excellent. And one of the decisions I think someone in New Zealand made at some point in terms of wine growing was to very much be more about sustainability than most other places mm-hmm. in the world. So how does that impact upon you when you're growing the grapes? Yeah, it's just sustainability. We can't escape it. So, I mean, we're all um, sustainable wine growing New Zealand certified. So um, we're, all our managers are currently doing all their, their paperwork for that to go through and you get audited every few years but it's always in the back of your mind um you know can we do things differently is is there a better way to to do this and certainly we've been playing with some things that would go i guess over and above the the swins program so we're looking at how we can reduce our herbicides um you know putting areas actually back into wetlands native plantings um cover crops, you, you name it, we're, we're thinking about it and sort of playing with it right now because it's it's just so important to, I mean, not just us as a company, but, you know, consumers and the community as well. Mm. There was this cool thing, Simon, when I was over at uh, Brancott during the harvest, you know, it's difficult to keep predators, like birds, from eating all the fruit. Mm. So they trained this New Zealand eagle that flew around and... Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's seriously. No, the, the falcon. A falcon. Yeah, it was yeah, a falconer, yeah. rather. Sorry, yeah. And it was a falconer yeah. who was there, and the falcon f- flew around mm-hmm. eating, eating the birds. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah. 
even just you know your common common hawk i've got a lot of uh contract growers that are that have got farms and things and they put out you know bits of meat and you know tasty bits for the hawks to attract them into the vineyard to yes yeah, scare away all the little birds that are eating the oh. eating the fruit How cool is that? that is really yeah. cool i love well, it and the other one that i saw over there that i thought was great for sustainability in terms of like vineyard maintenance leaf plucking and stuff were the little miniature sheep that they used <laughs> to yeah. <laughs> super cute yeah they haven't caught on but um, no but it's cool certainly, Certainly, sheep get used in a lot of vineyards, and yeah, yeah in yeah. some cases, it is for leaf plucking. Yeah, 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 and it's because the miniature, obviously, so they don't get up they right into the canopy. <laughs> but, um, but you know, and they fertilise the gra- the but rows. It's like, and- it's, it's like thinking outside the square. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think cool. that's I, I think it. that's really good. And because you know, yeah. we know that New Zealand wine in the world market is a very premium wine. It's um, you know, mm. more than double the cost per litre than something from France or Italy, for instance, right? Right. And, yeah. and they're making 1% of the world's wine. So <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. you can afford to do things like that when you're making such a small amount. So mm. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Always always looking for something different to do in the vineyard. Yeah. Um, and so you, you're looking at um, Syrah. So have mm-hmm. you put any in yet? And No, no, we've got the plants, plants ordered. Everything's... Um, on a waiting list with the nursery, um, so we're just putting a, a little bit in and um, see how it goes. Really, I know our red winemaker is quite quite excited about having something a little bit different to yeah. play with. So um, yeah, no, that should be. I think we should be getting them next year to plant. So right. and so, yeah. um, is that on? That's obviously you're planting them, so you're not grafting either. You're um, it's actually new dirt somewhere on the property. Uh, it's we, we've got a few blocks of Sauvignon that are old and oh, just yeah. ready ready to be pulled out. So um, we've sort of earmarked them to either go back into Sav or yeah try some different varieties. So yes, mm. we'll pull it out, trellis everything, and just start afresh in that block. Yeah, oh that'd be exciting. So I've had some <laughs> Central Otago Syrah recently actually. Ah. Never had any amount difficulty. You've got a block of it there. All right, oh, very, yes. very yeah. nice wine. I mean, Martinbro I've had before, and there's there's a little bit around Martinbro, even though it's very small. Mm. But mm. It, yeah, I mean, we have a love affair, of course, with Shiraz in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> more than anyone in the world. So <laughs> it's uh, something that we're excited about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, uh, well, and there's the Gimlet gravels, which I love that. Story. Oh, Hawks Bay, mate. Yeah. Oh my god, mm. the tomato bullnose. That's like one of my favourite. New Zealand wines. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they're but, fantastic. <laughs> but, you know, it is a bit more marginal in Marlborough and certainly mm. Otago. So, but Shiraz will still get there, you know, maybe not mm. really cool vintages, but. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that'll be the thing. If it, you know, if it doesn't ripen enough to make its own standalone wine, then it'll probably find its way into a Pinot Noir for a bit of colour or something. But um, yeah. it'll, yeah. it'll be a lot of learning for us as to yeah what sort of season gets us there and what, what doesn't. Yeah. yeah. And so you probably, well, you'd be a couple of, well, once you get it in there, a couple of years before you really get yes. anything worthwhile. Um, mm. And then, yeah, that bit of learning over the next few after that, I guess. Yeah, yeah also, definitely. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, Jess, but there's a bit of a trend in Victoria at the moment to go back to this very old winemaking style from the Hunter, which we called Hunter River Burgundy, mm-hmm. which which is the sort of Shiraz Pinot Noir mm-hmm. co-ferment or blends or whatever. And I've always thought that, okay. that would actually work really well in Marlborough. But they yeah. some of these wines from Mount Difficulty, sorry, um, 
Mount Pleasant in the Hunter and stuff. They mm-hmm. actually sell her incredibly well too. So right, you okay. Know, um, that that would be one of those. Th- I've always thought that would work well in New Zealand. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go. no, it'd be something to try for sure. For sure. Um, Jess, um, yeah, well, thank you for your time because it's, it's been no a good chat and it's, it's always, uh, you know, I love the fact that the viticulturalists are getting, you know, heralded and, and awarded and yep. recognised, um, you know, in a similar way than the winemakers because it is mm. such a team thing, right? Definitely, definitely. We, yeah, and that's the nice thing I think about being a slightly smaller company is we do actually work very closely together um, yeah. on all these decisions. And um, yeah, no, no, it is. It's really good to actually yeah share share the love a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, well done. So um, you uh, back in the day, you won. Well, you came second um, in the young young viticulturalist of the year award. Um, mm. So uh, well done on that, and and yeah, now you've no, got now you got your uh, you get your own gig, and it's uh, onward <laughs> yeah, yeah. and upward, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Just got to figure out what the next challenge will be. Yeah, well, the next challenge is Shirah. <laughs> Shirah. Okay, getting more animals yes, in yeah, your yeah. vineyard, more yeah. animals, and some more animals, sheep. right? <laughs> <laughs> and a hawk or a falcon. Yes, <laughs> I love yeah, that. Yeah. Bit. <laughs> um, oh, lovely to meet you, Jess, and thank you. Yeah, no, um, thank you both. Enjoy yep. your afternoon uh, over in Melbourne. Mm.